You're listening to episode 21 of Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Let's chat. Discover children at a whole new level. Be empowered to grow with the children in your life. Welcome to Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. Hi there and welcome to Chat About Children where we chat about all things children and empower you to grow with the children in your life. Today's episode is all about exercise and children. It's certainly a topic that we need to discuss more and more these days as modern society is tempting us to move less, do less and think less sometimes. Um, And so exercise is certainly becoming a more necessary topic, certainly as we see more of the health issues that are going on in our children these days. My guest today is Todd Widman from CrossFit headquarters and he goes into not just introducing CrossFit and what it's all about in terms of being a foundational and functional fitness program but certainly goes into the benefits of exercise which goes beyond the physical fitness side of things which so often when we think about exercise we tend to focus on that but it goes beyond that by so much. Then we also look at debunking some common myths when it comes to children and exercise. So you certainly want to stay tuned for that one. And then we also touch on the reluctant child who might not be too keen on exercise or moving around too much. Hopefully today's episode will allow you a little bit more of a proactive mindset when it comes to health and fitness for your child rather than a reactive kind of approach when something does go wrong with health. So I trust you'll get a little bit of inspiration from the chat that I have today with Todd. So let's get the chat started. Joining me today for a chat about exercise and children is Todd Widman from CrossFit Headquarters. Todd is married with three children, two boys and a girl, aged 12, 9 and 2 and a half, and they live in Montana, USA. Todd graduated with a Bachelor's of History from Oregon State University in the year 2000 and was commissioned an officer in the United States Marine Corps and served as an infantry officer for seven years. He became aware of CrossFit in 2005 and started training people immediately the following year, starting work for CrossFit HQ. Todd is CrossFit Kids Program Manager and has been since 2009. He's been coaching and training children and teenagers in CrossFit for the last nine and a half years. So I think you're a great person to chat to today, Todd, about exercise and children. Welcome to Chat About Children. Thank you so much. So tell us a little bit about what got you into CrossFit and then what led you to that passion of training children and teenagers? It's actually a really fun question to talk about. I I love talking about how I found CrossFit and I also love asking people how they found CrossFit. The two second version, I very much enjoyed to exercise and my buddies knew that. And one of my friends happened to be searching around on CrossFit.com. And I, of course, at that time had never heard of it. It was 2005. So very early on in, in CrossFit's history. And I certainly wasn't one to be on the internet that much at that time. Long story short, he said, Todd, do you like to work out? Check this out. And fortunately, I had the willingness to go give it a shot and went to the gym. Elizabeth was my first workout, uh-huh. 59 cleans and ring dips. Of course, there were no rings at the time because it was far too early for that. So yeah, worked out the math to figure out how to do times three regular dips. Anyways, uh, the workout just destroyed me, which is exactly what I needed. Kind of right. a kick in the teeth to get my attention of, wow, maybe I'm not that tough or as good a shape as I thought. Uh-huh. And from there, just started doing CrossFit on the website. And then, as you said, the bio I went to a level one in 2006. Now, the kids, it's funny. When I went to my level one, I had the privilege, the uh, coach classman put on 
a weekend kind of jamboree the week prior to my level one, mm-hmm. where at the time the heads of every single SME, for lack of a better term, that he could get his hands on, so rock climbers and Olympic weightlifters and, and fighters and the, the whole group, he just put on a smorgasbord of choose your own adventure mm-hmm. in San Diego the week prior. And I went to that, and that's where I started kind of thinking about kids. And, and it's because my dear friend at the time had four children. He said, mm-hmm. Todd, if you can, find out about how to train children. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And, and that's the, the seeds were planted there. And then not long after that, we had our first son. And I quickly recognized as a young parent that I knew and know nothing about parenting. So completely over my head in parenting. Yep. And I thought that I knew a little bit about working out. But then I quickly realized I had had no real idea how to genuinely train children. So that got my wheels turning and I've had a lifelong love of training children and being around children and being with them and enjoying them. And that just all kind of came together. And so fortunate, Nicole and Dave recognized that kind of inner passion in me for children and mm. desire to be around children and help out children. And that's when they, they popped the question, oh nine, if I'd like to be the kids program manager. And the answer, of course, was, oh my word, the rest is history from there. Yeah, fantastic. And it does take quite a bit of skill, I have to say, to work with children, not just because I do, but really like you really do need a level of skill and adaptability to help them learn things the way that they learn and to adapt to their learning style. I did want to touch a little on what CrossFit is, because some people out there might not be familiar with it. And I've got to say that I've come across people in the past where you you mentioned CrossFit and they just freak out like, oh my, you, you do CrossFit. So can you tell us a little bit in very brief terms what it is and what it actually looks like for children? Because it's not scary for children, but can you help kind of put people at ease about that? And that's a really good question. And I think a lot of it spurs from either seeing what the insane athletes do that that compete in CrossFit and us mere mortals look at that. Well, wow, we could never do that. That's crazy. And I think it also stems from kind of how I described how I got into CrossFit was doing a workout that's annihilated me and I was destroyed. And that's a scary thing for some people. So I totally understand it. CrossFit, very simply, is nothing more than working out with your body, either with or without an external load. So with something in your hands or not. And you do a couple different things at a relatively high intensity. And the workouts are short. They always change. And the adaptation you have is something that it sounds like some type of hoax or like I'm trying to sell something, but literally in 10 to 15 minute workouts, every now and then more, you end up in greater shape and better and higher fitness level than you ever have been before. And that's coming just from practical experience. I tried everything before CrossFit and I thought it was pretty good shape. And then I realized I had no idea. So it's the definition of CrossFit is constantly varied functional movements executed at high intensity, but that's quite a mouthful. So it's, yeah. Nothing more than doing functional movements, changing them around, and then having the, the intensity high. And the thing that I think is important, Sonia, for people to recognize from that and then taking it to kids is that the intensity for any age group, specifically we're talking about children and our love for children, but any age group, high intensity is relative. And what I mean by that is that it's up to the person that's working out. If it's my mom or my grandma or my nine-year-old, even my two-and-a-half-year-old, like the workouts look very different next to each other. Yes. They're both doing burpees. My daughter's going to do half of one, and then she's done. 
because she's now looking at the flower. Whereas my 12-year-old's going really hard and he gets a set of 20 and breathing a little hard and and I'm somewhere in between there. So the thing that's interesting for children, specifically the younger children, is their whole goal is for them to have fun. That's for them to equate exercise and fitness with fun. So everything's always done with a game. Everything's always on positive, focusing on them and their successes. Not worrying about what they're not doing because we don't need to tell them what they're doing wrong. Just tell them what they're doing right. Make them feel good about themselves. Little short workouts that probably from the outside, if I were honest, I mean, it don't even look like a workout as we think of it in our mind. It's just kids running around. And as I've found, as I'm sure you have, that the most keen instructors out there, when you watch them, the kiddos are running around and playing. And you don't really know, like, is this the workout or is this playtime before? Like, if you don't know what's happening, that's genius going on. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And the element of fun is really important. And I think for young children, particularly, you want them to have a positive association with exercise and with movement. And I think if that can happen from a young age, you're setting them up for some, hopefully some healthy long-term life habits, which, you know, we all hope to do, you know, particularly at that young age. So mm. when we look at CrossFit and how the way you've described it, it's almost a foundational exercise, really, or exercise program. How would you say it's different to a child choosing a particular sport, which is the more kind of common thing we see is, okay, so-and-so is going to soccer or they'll do tennis mm-hmm. or netball or whatever it is. How's the foundational element of CrossFit different to that? Actually, in a lot of ways, I would say that it's, it's no different is actually even more important in that I believe CrossFit for children is about building that foundation for them athletically and mentally so that they can go off and branch off to their specific sport and excel and do it safely, have kind of a bolus of physicality going into that realm. So I, I don't think the workout is any different, but the difference for sure, which is what I think you're referencing, the difference for sure is we don't change the program to focus on any one given sport. That's, that's what the coaches do for soccer or for baseball or whatever the sport, rugby, whatever it is they're doing. That's what the sport does for their practices. Our, our goal is for the kids to have fun and then to get stronger mentally, physically, emotionally so that they're more able to excel at whatever it is they want. Yep. Transfer those skills, those mindsets, et cetera. Exactly. Across. Exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. So looking at the topic of exercise generally, and it is a huge topic just because of the stats of obesity in many countries. Mm. And I look at even here in Australia, the number of government programs that are out there and initiatives trying to get kids to be healthy, to move, to have healthy diets, etc. It really is becoming an issue. For To me, for obvious reasons, we're competing with a different level of society in terms of what is interesting, and lots of those things are sedentary tasks. Mm. But do you have any kind of stats on the trends in recent years in terms of children partaking in regular physical activity? The the specific stats, no, I don't. But I do know the general trends absolutely are, Mm. are appalling. They're in a downward trend, both for sports and activities children do, as well as any type of athletic program. It's a continued exponential downward trend for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you, in your personal opinion, not necessarily research-based, what do you see or how have you seen over the years that is contributing to that? Oh, my goodness. At its very root, this is certainly, like you said, it's very much an opinion-based thing. 
at its very root, I believe there's a couple major causes. And one is our children are in a world that is different than what we grew up in. And so what we feel is normal and what we remember going outside and playing and going outside and experiencing life. So why would you ever need an exercise program? My goodness, I, I did stuff all the time outside. That doesn't happen now. And so our context with which we look at childhood and child rearing, being a child is not what our children experience. So I think at the outset, that's the first difference. And the second is that our society based around what our kids do and don't do and the technology that they have and the ease with which it is to get around and get rides and, and watch TV and, and play on video games, all that comes together that, as you said, to be sedentary, the norm is to not participate. And it becomes a, you're an outlier if you do sport or if you do different activities. So socially, it's designed unintentionally, I believe, such that people are rewarded for not doing something and it becomes more of a burden if you do something. And I think those two are kind of at the base of it. And I think there's probably a, a pretty maybe even a third, if not just an offshoot of those two, a parent reason. And that is something that you hit dead on is, my goodness, the food that our children eat. Oh my goodness. Mm. The normal for them is not like, we would have a treat every now and then, sure. And there was food out there that, you know, wasn't the best choice for sure. But now the, the norm for most kids is eating just food that is just off the charts. And so it's kind of a perfect storm for our children, which leads to your beautiful country as well as ours. Obesity, type 2 diabetes, number one, number two health issues for children. And that's directly a lifestyle issue, what they do working out and, and how they eat. Absolutely. Absolutely. And on the flip side, you've probably seen some really cool success stories, I imagine. Does anyone come to mind that you kind of think, you know, they came into the gym and they were like this, and then after X amount of time, you know, this was the outcome. Does anyone come to mind that you can share with us? That's a really cool question. I've had several young ladies that were, they were not obese, but they were going down a path of maybe not the most healthy lifestyle as young ladies that was drastically affecting their confidence, which was affecting their scholastic ability and their desire to go on. And then after having the privilege of training them for four or five years, they really found themselves and found their inner confidence mm. and were able to receive full ride scholarships and go on and do things that were just remarkable. That's, those are probably the most impactful stories that I've, I've kind of experienced myself. Yeah, brilliant. And they're life-changing ones too. Oh. And I'm sure you've seen many, many others. So I guess when we look at exercise in children, we've got to admit there are some myths out there. There are some really common myths, and I know you know a few of them. Can you share what those are? And I guess bust them so we can give reassurance to listeners just about exercise generally and the benefits that it has for children. So what are the myths? What are you constantly having to bust? It's a great question. The number one myth that I run across, and I felt it as a parent as well, is that exercise is not healthy for children. That in fact, it can harm them, uh, specifically their growth plates, exercising and working out can harm a child's growth plate and is actually statistically just not the truth. Certainly you can hurt yourself exercising. You can hurt your growth plate as a child. And that is no laughing matter for certain. That's, that, that's an issue. But the, the statistics show that overwhelmingly 
not the case specifically compared to any type of sport or activity or game outside of uh, exercising and lifting weights. Mm -hmm. Um, The numbers are appallingly low in comparison and it's appallingly in a good way. So I guess you should say beautifully low. Yes. It's it's a positive thing. The other thing is that it's not necessary and that's less of a statistic thing, but more of a lifestyle thing. That is people don't believe that exercise is appropriate Mm -hmm. or needed for children. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I think it's a misunderstanding of the first of the two problems already previously mentioned. That is, our kids are living in a different world. So I would tend to submit that not only is it appropriate and safe and healthy, it's absolutely needed for most children in our world. They don't get the exercise. They don't get the outside time. They don't get the movement. They don't get the team orientation. They don't get the time hanging around physically with their friends. And that all happens in one place by working out. So I think now more than ever, it actually is not only appropriate, but it's, it's most healthful for our children to be exercising. Absolutely. And I think, and you can extend on this, but I know from a professional point of view, working with children, many who have learning difficulties mm. and other developmental things going on, a lot of what we do requires and we work closely with occupational therapists a lot of them go into movement programs like for a child to be able to attend and concentrate and regulate their ability to learn something often does need their some movement to happen to their system to get them ready to learn and take in information and retain it can you extend on i guess the benefits of exercise and learning, looking at that academic angle. Have you got more to tell us there? For sure. Yeah, that's a huge topic and it's pretty remarkable. We have some incredible people on staff that have spent a significant amount of time conducting research as well as consolidating research. And then thirdly, as as well as coaching and teaching children specifically with special needs. And all of the data is showing that by exercising and working on relative ability and building block steps to improve their ability, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, whatever they're doing, that is the best combination. If children are able to learn faster and retain more information, if it's in concert with with movement. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you have a child who is reluctant to want to participate in any kind of activity, and this could be a well-meaning parent who's going, okay, let's kind of get your fitness happening and look, there are kids out there where they're maybe not the most coordinated or they're not the most confident with their movement. They might compare themselves to others and and just refuse. Not for me. Don't want to do anything. It's not their natural, I guess, cup of tea, you know, Mm. what practical strategies could you offer to parents who might be in that situation? That's a really important thing about that. I appreciate the question because it's something you're definitely going to run into for sure. My first kind of sidebar is that it's a different answer for the different ages. A younger child, I'm always surprised when a child isn't reluctant because it's new. Maybe they don't know the kids. They don't know the environment. So for that age group, a younger child, I let them know that I see them. Hey, how are you? So glad you're here for class. You're more than welcome to stay there on the side and watch if you so choose. Thanks for being here. And then I also, at a point that I feel is appropriate, I'll get all the other kids and we'll just happen to come over and surround them and welcome them to the class and yay, and come join us. Also, I like to talk to the parents of that age group 
let them know if he or she chooses to go to you as a parent. It's totally fine. I encourage the parents to watch because I want them to be part of it. And hopefully that combination will bring the child along. For the older child, some practical things is to find out what they're there for. Yeah. If they actually are there because their parents drop them off and they don't want to be there, it actually might be the best idea to talk to the parents and maybe encourage them that this isn't the place at this time. Mm. And I don't like that answer because I want to try and change the world. I want to help out each child. But as you well know, if they don't want to be there, then it really could only make a problem potentially worse if you tried to force them to be there. So I have a conversation with mom and dad and why are they there? And they say they don't want to be here. And I also let them know that it's okay for them to participate in as much as possible. Mm. One last piece to kind of wrap both age groups, kind of the older and the younger children together, uh, that I think is really helpful as a general rule practically to focus everything you do with the children on success. Yes. Like find what it is they're good at and reward them with what they're doing well Mm -hmm. and let the rest that they're not doing, maybe they only participate in one, they participate in the game only. Hey, I'm so excited that you joined us for the game and just leave it at that. Though maybe it's not as much as you wanted, though maybe they didn't get as much out of the class as you intended. In the end, I feel more often than not, if the child or young man, young woman feels valued and has success in the program, they're going to then want to be there. And in the end, that's all we want is we want them to want to be there so that they enjoy the process of becoming healthy. Absolutely. And I think you've touched on a couple of very important points. One being strengths-focused and strengths-based, which for some of us, you know, we need to consciously be aware of our language and what we are focusing on. Because there's a lot of don't do this and don't do that and don't do the other. But then it's kind of like, what are they doing that's actually going okay? <laughs> that you've just taken for granted that that's normal. Let's just ignore that. Let's just mm. focus on all the stuff that's inappropriate. And, you know, it's something that does need that conscious, almost parent training to just make that switch with the language we use and the observations we make of our children. Very much. And the other point is looking for the motivator. That's just extremely important. And I think for the older kids, as you say, at least you can have a level of conversation with them and they would be at a point of some self-awareness as to why they're there. I imagine though you've had kids or teens that have come along reluctantly, but they've turned around, surely. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's encouraging for a lot of parents out there. Now, one of the things that I was thinking about when knowing I was going to chat to you was that one of the massive challenges is when there's a strong family history of obesity and it's just a cycle that, you know, you kind of see generations of that occurring and you look at that and you think, how can you break that cycle? Where would you even start? Now, I know this is a big one that, you know, corporations are trying to fix, but what's your personal opinion on how you'd kind of tackle, where do we break this, this cycle of obesity in the family? It's certainly a very important, very difficult question. There's also no way is there one answer, but mm. how I recommend it, what I, how I kind of counsel myself on this is I stick into my lane on what can I actually do? What can I proactively help out for this child? And I don't try and work on things that I have no direct ability to, to affect. And so for that kid, I literally... The same thing we just talked about. I focus on the same positives that they're able to do. I 
focus on any practices or behavior that I see that potentially change for the better, or maybe they make different food choices, or maybe they're showing up more often in the class, or maybe they're just trying harder in the class, or they're learning a new skill, whatever that important positive thing is, I bring that to their awareness in that I recognize that that's happening and hopes that they make their own decisions. Because it's really tough, as you know, it's mm. really tough because children don't buy groceries. That's right. Children don't necessarily get to choose what they get to do activity-wise. They don't choose their home. I mean, there's so many things for our children that I really, as you stated, I really have to counsel myself. Like, it's not their fault. What can we focus on? We can focus on how well they're doing. And let's just leave it at that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Small steps and be realistic Small in the abil- using your abilities in the time you have with them. I think that's good self-care, good <laughs> self-care advice because you can get caught up when you're really passionate about helping people and you want to just get them to the next level and there mm-hmm. are things that work against you. So, yeah, so keeping yourself in check perspective-wise, I guess that's for all the trainers and the, and the parents to a degree out there. But I think, you know, diet plays a big part, obviously, with exercise and that's, a, that's just a topic in itself. But mm. we do need to consider that it does play a huge part in fitness and in health. How have you found in your experience that change? You know, are there cases where you've seen an individual just, they just start doing CrossFit or any physical activity and then their diet cleans up a little bit later? Or how do you find it typically happens? What I find is more impactful visually as a coach and trainer at the adult level. And then they change their whole family. And it's just, it's so fantastic to see. I haven't really seen it on the kid side but I definitely have seen where a mom or a dad, or sometimes both, they try this CrossFit thing and they're, they kind of get in shape. And like, wow, this is crazy. And they kind of show up to a little talk on food and they want to want to try this. And they try kind of how we prescribe eating and real food and maybe down the line, maybe weighing and measuring and looking at the types of food and the quality of food and the quantity of food. Mm-hmm. They have a, just a life-changing, lose immense amount of weight or feel better or whatever their thing is, they have a huge response positively. And then they just clean out their house, like all the garbage that was there and all the things that they no longer do. And then that therefore has a very large impact on their children because now the children aren't eating the stuff that used to be around or exposed to the stuff that's around and becomes, it's kind of funny because it becomes almost like a cult in that kids are bragging about, you know, the protein source that they had for lunch. (laughs) Whereas, you know, before their parents had this changeover in CrossFit, they would never even have known what a protein was necessarily, let alone bragging about what the protein source was they had for lunch. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, no, it is cool. And I think it's all just part of that, I guess, that education as kids are growing up so that, yeah, they can tell the difference between what is a fruit, a vegetable, and where does the protein come from? And yes. I know my kids often will, will ask those questions. I'll say, hey, yes. have a bit of protein and they'll go for the broccoli. I'm like, ah, there's no protein in that one, but there is that in there and the yes. protein's over there. And, but, you know, and they enjoy just learning what derives from what food. And we do our best. We do our best. I think, we do our best. Yeah, and I think that's the message for parents too is as I've done a lot of these episodes, uh, sometimes I think parents are just like, how can I like do everything perfectly? And I don't think it's about that, but it's about just getting the knowledge, being empowered to know, well, what part of what we've discussed today is relevant to me, perhaps my child or a relative that I can pass on, even a skerrick of information that will 
make a positive difference and doing our best. So if you had to list probably say the top three kind of proven benefits of having children participate in exercise, I know we discussed them before, but what would be your top three proven benefits for kids participating in exercise? First and foremost would be confidence. Confidence in, in the process of exactly what you just said. Perfection is so impossible and it's so difficult for anybody, specifically a child that's developing, to look at someone as good as something and I can't do that. I will never be there. They understand by doing things, they're able to then improve upon them. Mm-hmm. And so I think confidence, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is an ability, mm-hmm. which that confidence and ability comes together, bringing the third piece, which is humility. Mm. They understand by going through this process how difficult it is mm-hmm. and how they once there before, they couldn't do a pull-up, but now they can do a pull-up, and now they can do 10 in a row. And they have more empathy for the child that still can't get a pull-up. And they're then encouraging and then become leaders in that community. So I would say those three things. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. So Todd, just to kind of wrap things up, what's your ideal when you look into the future? What's your ideal when looking at kind of your vision for children and their health and fitness? This is awful grandiose, but I'll give her a go. My vision is your beloved country, Australia, which is, I feel like it's my surrogate country. I love Australia. Australia, beloved United States and the UK. My goal is that CrossFit is in every one of the public schools in those three countries. Mm -hmm. And therefore the impact as that hopefully gets around the world. I want my overall goal would be that CrossFit is what they do for physical education in inside of their particular school. Yeah. And the way everybody's graduating from high school or, or the equivalent with basically a bachelor's in CrossFit dumb and they're able to do more and also know more about CrossFit than we ever could. And they do that at, you know, 16 or 18 years old. Fantastic. I like the mission and you are actively chipping away on that. I am for sure. One small piece at a time. (laughs) That's it. That's it. So do you have any final take-home messages to parents and professionals who work with children when it comes to exercising children? I just have one and that is do less better. Try your best knowing that perfection is the goal, but you can never get there. Try your best to focus on one thing today with your child, with your child athletes and focus on that and try and get them better. Focus on the positive from whatever comes out of that milieu and move on tomorrow. And don't worry about what didn't happen today and tomorrow, try and get better tomorrow. So do less better. Don't become overwhelmed as I often have. I have become overwhelmed with how much there is to do or how much your kids can't do or refusing to do or won't do. And just focus on the positive, doing less better. Excellent advice. Excellent advice. And Todd, just to finish up, are there any websites that you recommend or you refer to or refer parents to that you work with that our listeners could benefit from checking out? I would start with CrossFit.com. I mean, I know it's kind of too easy. I'd start with CrossFit.com. And if you're interested, the CrossFit Level 1 Handbook and the CrossFit Kids Handbook, they're for free download from the site. And uh, give that a look through and a gander and you might find something that might help you out, might apply. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining me for the chat about children and exercise, Todd. I really appreciate your time. It's been a true privilege. Thank you, Sonia. And so good to see you again. Thank you. Likewise. What a fantastic chat there with Todd Whitman from CrossFit. 
headquarters. And as he mentioned, you can check out crossfit.com for more information about it. And what I liked was uh, the focus there on, on children's strengths and having fun and on positivity. And if it does seem overwhelming, just take things in small steps. But certainly if we can make exercise and movement a bit of a norm in our children's lives, that would be awesome. It would certainly allow them to do whatever they want to do, just even better. Also to consider uh, the various government initiatives, um, particularly here in Australia, check in with your local state government uh, website to see what programs and initiatives they have on offer for any children who do need to really um, get exercise happening for their health issues and concerns. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please remember to share it with your friends, family and colleagues. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Chat About Children podcast. Coming up next episode is something a little bit different. It'll be my first episode where I cast a spotlight on a children's picture book author. Um, I won't tell you who it is, but it is an award-winning children's picture book author. And he's written a number of books for children with beautiful messages throughout them. And we have a really good chat about not just writing and, um, and, you know, how to get some really good ideas on inspiring writing in your children. But we also look at what makes a good children's book and how you choose uh, a good book for your child. So please tune in next episode for my first uh, feature episode of Spotlight on a children's picture book author. Thank you so much for your attention today. It was great chatting and I look forward to chatting next time. I celebrate you. Chat soon. Thanks for joining the Chat About Children with Sonia Bestelich. www.chataboutchildren.com. Chat